This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Oh, where do we start? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm opening my notes back up, which I really need to, to get out of Nebo and into something text-based. I've got a load of handwritten notes on my iPad, which was a great idea at the time, and it's now less useful. In iOS 14, that won't be a problem, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Is it Scribble that it was called? Uh, no, I think that's something else. I think that's where you can like write into fields. I don't know okay. if what we're talking about has an actual name, um, but the idea is is that you can do handwritten notes. Um, well, the argument was is that when you do handwritten notes, it's kind of like it's just kind of like a picture in that. Yep, doesn't really have any like metadata. So I guess this is kind of like a analyzing your handwriting, kind of giving it some alt text if you like. Yep. And then you then you can then sort of like start doing copy and paste and things like that. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That's, um, I mean, you've kind of literally just run up against that issue, like you know, inadvertently mentioned it when we were yeah. about talking about iOS fourteen. So good job uh, with that. But uh, <laughs> it kind know, of Sherlock's the app that I'm using actually, because Nebo. If I double click on all my notes, I can convert them to text, and it makes a semi reasonable job of it. Um, and then I can edit it afterwards, which will be what I do with these notes, I guess. But yeah, so I guess it's on some level there's a bunch of apps here that are going to get Sherlock by that feature being in, in iPadOS, but I, I welcome it. This this gives more variety. Yeah. I mean I guess does it come baked in with Pencil Kit then? It must do. I think so. I haven't really watched any of the sessions yet from Dub Dub like with any of this stuff, so I feel like a lot of my knowledge is kind of like surface level at this point. I kinda of thought I would watch some last week, but I just never had the time. Yeah, I've watched a couple, and I'm in a similar situation otherwise, though. Like, everything's quite shallow. Um, I've been watching things more around stuff like um, I watched uh, the... Oh, correct me, I can't even remember the name, but it's the hand stuff. Um, yes, so the, the, stuff the sign with language the, stuff. The, um, the stuff with the different points that get picked up on your hands, and then you can use them as gestures. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think overall, though iOS 14 is shaping up to be quite a decent release because when I watched the keynote I was kind of a bit like sort of like okay so widgets and some other stuff but I didn't necessarily feel that uh, excited by it that might have been because I was just like show me the RMAX show me the RMAX <laughs> and I just wanted them to like kind of rush through all the other stuff to get to the RMAX so maybe my attention wasn't fully there but actually now I've started to unpack it a little bit it's looking pretty good and I, I love the fact yeah that all the devices that run iOS 13 can run this. So I I felt like it would have been the wrong year for them to lose devices. Like I feel like because of COVID and everything else and people being in this sort of, you know, more constrained staying at home kind of period of time to suddenly lose a device from the latest OS sort of feels almost a bit cruel uh, yeah. because not everybody's going to be in a position to just upgrade and that sort of stuff as well. So it, it feels like a good thing feel like it could be a really sort of useful release um and i feel like a lot of the uh you know like the devil's in the detail with it perhaps um like today i found out about you can tap the back of the phone are you aware of that no so you can go into accessibility and then the phone and i don't know if this extends across the whole range of phones that ios 14 supports it might be it needs to have a certain is it the m chip the motion chip 
Um, okay. so there might be some cutoff is what I'm saying in the devices that it can work with, but you can um, go into the accessibility on the settings and you can assign an action for when you double tap the back of the phone or triple tap it. Yep. So, you know, that can be like standard ios things that can happen, like, I don't know, launch control center or go back to the home screen. Um, or can also trigger shortcuts. Okay, that could be really quite useful. It could, couldn't it? And just that, that kind of thing. I, I can see myself using that, a feature like that a lot kind of feels like the kind of thing that would just become ingrained in muscle memory and you just do it all the time as, as part of like your, your your daily use of the phone um, yeah not the kind of thing that's gonna like woo over crowds in a keynote and get no. like rapturous applause but i think actually that's a really nice feature really nice and just like other things are kind of on that similar sort of um that similar sort of theme like the the whole sound recognition thing, like the way it can pick up doorbells, like crying baby. Um, yeah, kind of, I I love that feature. Kind of be good for me right now, given that I'm staring at two baby monitors as we record this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know that, and with tapping the back of the phone, and uh, what's the other one? FaceTime sign language detection. So that if they detect you doing sign language on FaceTime, they kind of, in, in your, you're in a group chat, you kind of get, your sort of picture gets expanded to be bigger because obviously you need to be seen doing the sign language. Right. Um, just lots of little things like that. The headphone tuning. Um, what was it it does? It amplifies, it can amplify softer sounds and you can adjust certain frequencies. So if you're hard of hearing, just within a certain frequency range, um, you can have those frequencies bumped up and even with the AirPod Pros, um, it can support transparency mode. So that could make uh, you know quiet voices clearer and more audible. And the text on the, mm. uh, the iOS 14 preview site, it, a little bit ambiguous, but it said about tuning the sounds of your environment. So I don't know whether that's like if you're in a loud restaurant, it could cut some of that out and amplify the voices near to you. I, I, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, these are all kind of like accessibility kind of features, and I think they're awesome. And it almost that is awesome, especially with the headphone stuff. That kind of blurs the line between AirPods and hearing aids. It really does, and the price difference between them and uh, and actual hearing aids is quite significant. Is it? I, I don't really know. And um, with hearing yeah. aids, to be quite honest, if uh, um, the, there are different trade offs, obviously the um, the battery life is a different thing. Hmm. Um, the hearing aids will tend to last a lot longer than uh, than AirPods would, but yeah, I I, I feel like you're talking like a, a um, AirPods Pro are probably the price of just less than the price of a single hearing aid that's quite cheap, like it's oh, not yeah. the best quality one. And certainly within a, a, a couple of hundred pounds of that, I think makes you wonder doesn't it if they've got maybe a trick up their sleeve one of these years they're going to come out with something that could really help in that space yeah um yeah it does um i'd love to see it as well like uh, an element of of disruption in that space because you'd be talking about hearing aids that would be um within the user's control for a start which is a big deal uh and because um, that's not something you tend to get with um, under the NHS system in the UK as well, at least. I know that um, our family experience of that was that um, this was when my wife was was getting her hearing aids set up. 
they would not um, they would not allow the idea of her hooking them up to one of our computers and setting any of the levels herself had to be done by the audiologist um, and when she sort of said could I get a USB cable and just tune these things myself they were shocked and hor- horrified um, so the idea if Apple brought something out that you could tune like that like the AirPod Pros are, are doing and, and have the software sort of do it for you it'd be quite an enabler for people as well um, be interesting to see it play out yeah that wasn't the end of the story actually for AirPods was it um and I guess this is kind of linked to iOS in a lot of ways, um, the whole spatial audio thing that they had going on. Um, I mean, they seem to be firing on all cylinders with the audio front at the minute, with the, with the headphones, and I know it's a, kind of considered a bit of a, a joke of a product, but even the HomePod, in terms yeah. of how it sounds, like they weren't messing around when they made that. It's kind of... I think if that had the smarts of an Amazon Echo in it, and the kind of privacy angle that Apple brings, although they haven't had the best year when you think back <laughs> on that end of things, even Apple, but it kind of feels like the HomePod could be something, um, perhaps, more than it is. But one of the things that struck out to me with the AirPods thing was how they mentioned automatic device switching, going between yes. like your iPhone and your Mac. And... My first reaction was, well, should, don't they already kind of do that? And no, they don't. Because um, when, when I think back to like when AirPods first came out, I, I kind of feel a bit duped having bought them. Because when you know the reviews came out and it was like all about how they kind of automatically connect and you don't even have to think about it. Because I think when they first came out, it was like, ooh, wireless. Not as reliable yeah. as just sticking that headphone jack in and then it just... You know, whatever bits come flowing out of your phone go up the wire to the earbuds. It's as simple yep. as that. And I think there was a bit of uh, anxiety attached to the wireless nature of it. And you know, a lot of the reviewers were quick to hammer at home, like, no, no, it's fine, automatically, whatever, whatever. I mean, sometimes I can barely get mine to connect with just my phone. Right. Um, I mean, ne- never so the reality's multiple. not there. Never mind multiple devices. Like, if I try and switch it to my Mac, I have to go into my Bluetooth menu drop down to like where it says, you know, Dave's AirPods, hit connect, wait, it usually fails, try again, wait, might fail Oof. again. And it's like, we finally get it to work and it's like, okay, this is cool. I'm sat on my Mac with wireless headphones on. It's a nice experience. Then like the following morning when I go to walk the dog, it's like, right, let's put my AirPod in. Um, I say AirPod because my left one has died completely now so <laughs> right. i just use the right one constantly which is fine um because i only listen to podcasts and i could probably do of hearing a bit more traffic yeah anyway um but yeah you try and pair with the phone and it's like no 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 and then eventually it will connect oh but, but some days even if i haven't been like connected to the mac previously you just quickly take the airport out of the case put it in your ear and it's like should be playing now should be doing something now and it just yep. doesn't um, so I'm hoping for a bit of an improvement across the board. I figure if they can yeah. make it, you know, automatic device switching seamless, they can make single device use even better on that basis. Yeah. Um, do you have AirPods? Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I've got some very cheap. Um, is it Xiaomi? Um, I can't yeah, remember I what they're the called. Yeah. yeah, Air Dots. I think they're called. Right. Um, on the basis that I figured I was going to lose them whilst running or something like that, and these were like 
45 bucks fair enough uh, so but they've been really good actually they're just box standard um kind of bluetooth as, in terms of how they connect and work um but they've got similar to airpods they've got a charging case and that sort of stuff um and yeah i've been happy with them but i've not expected very much either so yeah like i wonder if a better solution like the the new rumored over the year sony stuff is rumored to have like you can connect to two bluetooth devices at once so a laptop on a phone and it's just like a physical switch on the headphones yeah and that just does it i mean if apple can kind of get that level of um i mean that's a very simple thing isn't it? it's either a or it's b yeah and if the airpods can kind of mimic that without needing to flick the switch but it just does the right thing all the time or most of the time um that could be pretty big and and it's something they need to i, I can imagine it would lay the path for things like ar glasses and that side of stuff as well you've got a device that is giving you a type of input you know the audio or in the, the glasses circumstance you're talking about an overlay over everything and if it can be more like context aware rather than specific device aware then that kind of handoff between everything you're using becomes seamless and then if you've got that for something like the glasses as well where you could be sat at a mac and you've got an overlay that you know responds to what you're doing in the mac and then you pick up your phone and you've got an overlay that's responding to that for example it's a similar kind of situation that awareness of what you're doing and then making things just work you know yeah (laughs) so I sort of feel I, I, I actually I, I don't know I don't know if the, um, the circumstance with the audio might even be a little bit more difficult in terms of the the underlying Bluetooth stack, um, but it, yeah, if if they nail it well with this, then it does it builds that that part of the ecosystem where you know you just it's a problem solved. You don't have to worry about it, and it just works. So mm. hopefully they've got it right. <laughs> what do you think of app clips i know i've literally just mentioned the glasses but i feel like they're laying down some direction for for some of what an augmented reality experience could have yeah. um and i say that because of the fact that they sort of seem to be like at the moment they're what they're card based they sort of pop up from the bottom right yeah and they're kind right. of like little overlays yeah and one of my gut feels for for AR and the glasses is that we won't have full applications on there in the first instance, um, and that you know we're going to be talking about extensions and things that are just giving serving up some info um, into the AR layer. I, f- I feel like this is kind of a, a first step towards technology that would enable that in and in and of what they are on the phone itself right now. I think they're useful. I find it very interesting that they can be launched from from the web even as well. Um, I'm wondering if this builds a scenario where you might not even have to have the app installed to to use them, similar to how Google have done. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's the whole idea. They have to be under 10 meg. And I think in Xcode, they're like a separate target. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be under 10 meg, I guess, because if you're, I don't know, on LTE or something, they need to download more or less instantly. So I guess that's... Uh 
that's reasonable. Yep. <laughs> I think Marco Arment quipped that he could get the whole of Overcast inside of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about modern iOS development because, like, a, you know, you look at like the Facebook app and it's like, whoa, how is it that big? All it does is scrolls text and images. Um, well, that's another story. That's not all it does. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think yeah, the, the thing they led with was the whole like parking app, which makes mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, it's very much about these kind of contextualized moments. And I think that's going to be where the AR glasses come into it, like big time. Yeah. Um, you, know, you just walk up to a parking meter and then it just, you know, you get the whole overlay with the glasses and you know, it, it's it's done. I, I want it to catch on and I think it needs to catch on if, if nothing else just for the glasses. But I can't see a lot of it being used like around where I'm from. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of instances where uh, where it would happen because I, I, all of our car parks have still got the old like change machines and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. And kind of the pace that things move around where I'm from, it's um, you know glacial is yeah being generous. Uh, Whereas I'm I'm at the opposite end of the the spectrum in some ways. Being near near Wellington City, I can think of a whole bunch of scenarios where where this could take off. Or maybe I've just not considered it enough. Yeah, it feels like it's it's um, it's those interactions that probably should be digital anyway. So parking is one of them. You know, like in, in that circumstance, the the change machines are probably the last of their era before they get replaced out with something a bit more up to date. Um, so that, that, that you probably won't have those sort of machines in another five or ten years' time. Hmm. Uh but, um, yeah, I, th- I feel like app clips themselves, they lend themselves to these sort of like micro interactions of things like getting a coffee, um, filling up your car even, potentially, you know, that sort of interaction. So potentially at the at the petrol station. Not the fuel pump. And, yep, yep. Um, there's potential there. And so I think it's all these sort of small day-to-day kind of interactions where you, you perhaps don't need a whole app. Um, you just need something to, to sort of bridge that that t- small day-to-day interaction for for money or for checking in or something like that. You know, you could see it being used for um, at the airport for that sort of thing yeah. as well, checking yourself in on the, on the way in. Um there's a whole other side to this that I haven't really checked into yet, which is around how you um, how you authenticate, how you provide knowledge of who you are. Uh, I saw the note on the keynote that was you know, support sign in with Apple, uh, but unless you've established that sign in already with a service, then that service doesn't necessarily have you linked to everything else on your account with it. So I don't know how that's going to work yet because not every service that this would link into has an app that already supports sign-in with Apple or or an API that's been built to support it either. So there's work there for people to, to do potentially because it'd be awkward, wouldn't it, if you had an app clip pop up and then you've got to log in, for example, with a, a username and password that you may not even know you, you needed to have. Yeah, the only way it can work is with sign-in with Apple as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, for it to work well, anyway. I'm sure it could work, yeah. but, yeah. 
and then and then like i say that means that existing services for example that already have apps and already have their own sign-ins i don't know where that leaves them because you I'm can sort of think- upgrade can't you they've announced this year you can do a thing where you can upgrade a an account um to a sign-in with apple account so if you're kind of right. like rolling your own account system i think there's um technology now that came from this you know this year's dub dub that yeah, you can upgrade to sign in with Apple. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a as an indie developer, for sure. But if you're talking about, um, as a for instance, a big at uh, the Tesco's of this world that may want loyalty information. And oh yeah, they're never the ability, doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that that side of stuff interests me because I can see a, a few use cases for companies like that where app clips might be absolutely the appropriate thing for them to have uh but but actually the the that side of sign in might actually be a bit of a stumbling block um mm. it's convincing you know, for for people in the business of making the apps for those companies it's perhaps convincing the the big corporate that um the benefits of having the app clip outweigh the, the loss that they'll perceive of not being able to reach a market to those those users. Yeah. Um, so that's something I can, I can see there being a, a, a few uh, devil in the detail sort of moments with app clips in that way. And that's, that's is something I'm trying to figure out because I can see this being something that the company that I work for kind of sells to some of our clients. You know, yeah, right. we can do app clips and this is something that will suit your business in this way. And then I can see the next level of inquiry is going to be, well, Okay, but how does that tie in with our existing sign-in system and our existing setup? Um, but all in all, as a technology, I think app clips are going to be going to be quite useful. I quite like the idea. It sort of feels um, feels like the right time, and I like the consideration of of things like well, okay, it's got to be under ten meg. There was even that um, kind of bit of Apple throwing a bit of shade there, where I think the comment was along the lines of. Um, if you if you remove that analytics package, you'll find you can get under ten meg quite easily, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if it means you got like, if you don't need five different parking apps on your phone cluttering up your home screen, that's a. Uh, I only need them in the situation. I only need them when I'm, I'm at the car park. I don't suddenly sit around at home and go, "Do you know what? I'll check out Parking Mates." Yeah. app and see what latest offers they've got down there it just doesn't happen yeah uh, what what does happen is when i'm at the car park here in wellington there's there's two or three different apps um one of which i've got some credit inside of already and the other ones are wired up to my bank account and i sort of sit there and i'm like okay which one am i supposed to be using right now i've got to find that one um yeah it'd be nice to be able to just sort of scan the code um and just do it that way yeah I mean, I guess the other side of this is you've got the app library now coming in iOS 14. So in the instances where you do need a full app, they can be slightly better organized now. So that's the, yes, that's, that's, that's welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's very uh, welcome. The whole the, changes around the library and the home screen are, are very, very welcome. Yeah. And they hit the nail on the head in, in, in the keynote when it's like, you know, you, the, your first page of apps, it's like they're all laid out really nicely and they're, you know, very intentionally chosen and even positioned on the home screen everything's very intentional you get to the second page and it's like yeah this is still 
intentional, but not quite as much. And then like the third page, the fourth page is like, oh, forget it. Like for me, it's <laughs> it's a free for all at that point. Um, so I, I could see myself going down to just one page and then anything else, I'll just use the library, I think. Yeah, I, I could I could work like that as well because I'm almost there already. Um, you know, just in terms of like, I, I've got my favorite apps on the top and then I'll pull down for Spotlight. Um and I type for everything else, you know, like my, my app pages after my first page are an absolute trash fire. <laughs> so <laughs> it's sort of this kind of, um, yeah, the app library saves me from myself, I think, at that point in terms of how it serves things up. Um, yeah. But, kind of all the more necessary as well, do you think, because of widgets, in that yes. widgets are going to take up real estate on the home screen. So the apps, are they, they kind of need a better home. Yeah, and the app library kind of serves that. Um, we should probably talk about widgets. Actually, that's like one of the main things. And here we are <laughs> towards what I know. is the end of the show. <laughs> we better talk about <laughs> widgets. Um, so, widgets from a dev perspective, they're what they're Swift UI only was the impression that I got. Or existing today, widgets going to exist in that space too? Don't I know. Wasn't the completely answer. sure. Okay. So that's some some more detail I've not managed to get to yet, and I'll probably know as soon as I've watched the session on widgets. Um, but um, I know they are um, they're timer based, right? In terms of how they refresh. So there's this idea that they've got a, a pipeline almost. I think of you get a timer signal, and you're then able to refresh the content, Isn't but they're not like interactive. Watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're they're not interactive. Ah, oh, yeah. My kind of enthusiasm deflated when I heard that. Um, yeah. Because my kind of thought was, oh, great. So you're going to have like a little square for like Apple Music. And it's probably got like the album artwork of what you're you know, listening to. And you can just tap on the widget on a play pause thing. Mm-hmm. Could you do, can you do that or not? I'm guessing not. I don't think so. No. I'm, I thought I read something that maybe made me think that might be possible. Um but it, I guess you just tap it and it loads Apple Music. Yeah, yeah, and then it case. just loads in whatever state it's in. Yeah, it's not the greatest, is it? No, I, I say it loads in whatever state it's in. Perhaps it can know that it's been loaded from the widgets and there's perhaps a, a deep link or something there that can you know, tell it has been loaded from that widget and it presents something more appropriate. But yeah, it's, it's odd. And I, I don't know, like that's the side of widgets that I sort of feel like needs a bit of expansion and um, it's going to reduce the utility for, for, for what they are. And then I wonder like, is it, but are they enough in terms of what we've got being able to display something relevant that's kind of dashboard style on the home screen? Is that enough for, for a lot of apps? If they could just have like some kind of Boolean toggle, like play pause. Yep. I think for a lot of things that would be enough. Um, I want to get to the bottom of whether what I read was actually that or whether I misunderstood or was misled. Um, <laughs> I got a funny feeling there was maybe some little trick you could do to maybe like if you tap a certain part of it, it could trigger something. I could be totally wrong though. Um, yeah. So I guess this is more like a, a cry for help. If you know, please uh, <laughs> let us know. Because um, I find myself wondering, like, is it possible for an app to have more than one widget style? for a start that so could i display two or three widgets from the same app at the same time i know you can have different styles because i've seen um i think i saw charlie um chapman doing one for 
dark noise. He put like a thing up on Twitter of like, this is a small one, this is a big one, this is the even bigger one or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, you can have all of them out at the same time. I don't know. But um, I kind of like the idea of that one. I forget what they actually called it. It's the one that kind of changes during the day. And it tries to kind of predict what you're going to be up to and show you the appropriate widgets. I think we had a long conversation about this in the context of the Apple Watch. And I said, wouldn't it be great yes. if like, when you first put the watch on in the morning, it tells you what the weather's going to do. Then at around nine o'clock when I take the dog for a walk and I always put on a podcast, like the main complication, say on the modular, not the modular, yeah, the modular face, the main complication on the modular face turns into a, hey, here's the podcast, play that. Um, and then when... Yeah you get back it shows you your activity it feels like that's kind of like going in that direction so i think that's kind of cool um obviously it's going to be different with the phone because it's not so heavily based on you going out and motion tracking and all that kind of stuff but i I do like that i think that's kind of where where it can provide some quite good utility just sort of changing throughout the day to kind of match what you're up to that could be yeah that could be good um i feel like i need to install it that's probably the thing to do. I've yet to install iOS 14. Um, so I, I installed it um, on an iPad mini, right. on a mini 4. Um, and I've kind of walked headlong into that mini, doesn't really have much installed on it. It's quite blank. Um, yeah. And the the widget system is slightly different on the iPad. Okay. Um, so it's a bit more like, I think, was it Control Center or something like that on the Mac, where it's sort of all the way over to one side? Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, so it's not quite as configurable as, as the iPhone. I'm not able to put them in with all the, the icons. It's actually a sheet that I swipe across to the left to bring up. Um, and that just doesn't feel quite as good. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to change that as the betas go on, or if I'm just not like you know using it right or something, or if there's something else I need to do. Uh, but it did feel a little bit disappointing because I wanted to sort of play with point, putting the widgets, yeah, in with all my icons and and that side of stuff. Uh, but there's I'm, no way I want to put the beta on my phone yet. Oh, I nearly did today. I came close. <laughs> I was like, I know I'm going to be talking about it later with Dave, and should probably install it. But I'm like, oh no, it's like beta one. And this is like my main and only phone. And like if I don't really yeah. care about the phone being unreliable, what I care about is if there's like a iCloud photo library bug and my whole library gets nuked <laughs> or something like that. Um so yeah. Yeah. I can do it. The I iCloud close, close. the iCloud <laughs> nuking is something I'd be worried about. Um I can see how you've come close because I've been considering it as well. Um, but I think I'm probably waiting for a gold master. 